entities. What, what are you hearing up there about that? And what, the, what is that going to mean for the ability of uh, Chinese tech com- uh, companies to raise capital? I think the reality is, is that China is sort of creating a ring fence around key industries that it wants to protect. Um, and I think that's going to be very true for tech companies. I think it, the government's made it very clear that they want to exert control over how these companies operate their business, how they control their data, where they raise money, where they list their stocks. And it's almost like creating two separate worlds. And I, and I don't and I don't see that that the government's going to go easy on that because you know, they've made these pretty pretty bold steps over the last few months and sort of reining in China's tech sector overall. And then you have situations like SenseTime, for example, uh, or Hong Kong IPO kind of fall apart because of moves by the U.S. So I think both sides are kind of pushing for a little bit of separation right now, and it's almost creating two different worlds. Ben, thanks very much indeed. That's Ben Cavender, Managing Director at the China Market Research Group up in Shanghai. You're listening to Money Talk on RTHK Radio 3. Final look at the markets for this morning. Uh, in Australia, the SX200 up 0.4%. Japan, the Nikkei 225 is up about 0.8%. Cosby also on the rise, up 0.6%. Looks like the Hang Seng is going to add uh, about uh, oh, 190 points or so at the open. In the commodities markets, Brent crude oil trading at $75.86 a barrel. Gold is at $1,783 an ounce. Let me just tell you about this Thursday's Money Talk. We're going to be launching our Operation Santa Claus annual charity auction. And like last year, we're doing it all online. We have staycations, dining experiences, beauty and pamper vouchers, art and much, much more. And we're going to invite bids over a 24-hour period, starting from 8.25 a.m. on Thursday. The Finnish Consul General Johanna Koanko will be joining me on the programme to help us launch the auction. You're welcome to take a look now at what's available and register in advance to bid. And all the details are on the RTHK homepage, www.rthk.hk forward slash Radio 3. Stay tuned to Radio 3. Back chat's coming up with Jim Gould and Anna Fenton. The weather forecast for, for today, mainly fine, cool in the morning and dry during the day, maximum temperature of about 21 degrees, mainly fine tomorrow, cool in the morning again and dry during the day. Temperature right now is 18 degrees and it's 66% relative humidity. Improve electoral system. Ensure patriots administering Hong Kong. Remember to cast your vote in the Legislative Council general election on December 19th. Thirty-two and a half. With the half-hour news, here's Todd Harding. Three jockeys are in hospital and two horses have had to be euthanized following a serious accident during the international races at Sha Tin. Four horses were caught in the pile-up during the Hong Kong sprint. Riders Lyle Hewitson and Zach Purton were in intensive care overnight, while Japanese competitor Yuichi Fukunaga was also in hospital. The horses Amazing Star and Naboo Attack were euthanized because of the seriousness of their injuries. The Jockey Club's Executive Director, Andrew Harding, explained the condition of the jockeys. Zach and Lyle are in ICU, but they're conscious, their vitals are all stable. Zach has some upper body injuries, but to the extent of those does not appear to be extreme at this point. Lyle, it seems, has a a fracture of his hip potentially, and they're monitoring to see whether there are any other injuries that he's sustained. And as far as Fukunaga is concerned, he continues to be monitored for a potential fracture. We're very sad uh, about the loss of um, the two horses as a consequence of that accident, that terrible accident in race five. 
The governor of Kentucky says at least 80 people are now known to have been killed by tornadoes that ripped through the US state on Friday night. Andy Bashir said he expected that number to rise. It's a devastation like none of us have ever seen before. Uh, we know, I know that we've lost now more than 80 people, but it's going to exceed a, a, a hundred. I know we've lost a number of kids. This tornado didn't discriminate anybody in its path, even if they were trying to be safe. 14 people are reported to have been killed in five other states hit by the storms, which were some of the most powerful that the region has seen. And the British Prime Minister Boris Johnson has warned that the number of COVID patients with the Omicron variant is doubling in the UK every two or three days. Earlier, Britain's medical advisers raised the COVID alert level from three to four, the second highest rank. Mr Johnson spoke in a televised address. And we know from bitter experience how these exponential curves develop. No one should be in any doubt. There is a tidal wave of Omicron coming. And I'm afraid it is now clear that two doses of vaccine are simply not enough to give the level of protection we all need. But our scientists are confident that with a third dose, a, a booster dose, we can all bring our level of protection back up. You're listening to the news on RTHK. Good morning and welcome to Back Chat. I'm Jim Gould and your co-host today is Anna Fenton. Good morning, Anna. Good morning, everybody. To start the week on Back Chat, uh, we're talking about Hong Kong's water supplies and later on the newly launched health code. Guangzhou and Shenzhen authorities have warned of water shortages that could last until next spring as the East River, or Dongjiang, the major source of fresh water for Hong Kong continues to be uh, affected by the most severe drought in decades. And Hong Kongers have been warned against complacency over the SARs at water supplies with a prominent engineer who's uh, joining us on the programme saying that the local government needs to look for alternative water sources as well as increasing awareness of water conservation among the local population. And from 9.15, we'll be talking about that new uh, health code after its launch on Friday. Uh, let us know your thoughts. You can leave a message on our Facebook page, Backchat on RTHK Radio 3. Email us at backchat at rthk.hk or give us a call on 233-88266. Uh, joining us now on the line, we have uh, Albert Lai, who's the CEO of Carbon Care Asia and the founding chairman of the Professional Commons. Uh, also with us is... Ho Kin Chung, a professor at the College of Marine Ecology and Environment at Shanghai Ocean University. And also on the line, we have uh, Lawrence Yu, Climate Change and Partnerships uh, Lead at Civic Exchange. Um, good morning to you all. Perhaps, um, um, Albert Lai, uh, if we could start with you. Um, how serious do you think the situation uh, is in uh, Guangzhou with the Dongjiang River? I mean, I know Hong Kong has its, uh, has its agreement with the Guangzhou authorities and our water supplies are, are guaranteed. But uh, what's the situation like across the border, do you think? Well, I think according to the um, uh, authorities in Guangdong, I mean, they're expecting uh, the uh, rainfall uh, to be about half of the average year. So that is quite a severe situation. 
Um, and that means, you know, the uh, supply from Dongchang River will be, you know, will drop severely. Uh, and therefore, they're predicting, uh, you know, draft uh, conditions, uh, you know, in the next few months. Um, so they don't exclude the possibility of having some water rationing, you know, both in Shenzhen and, and Guangzhou. So that certainly is a serious situation affecting not just livelihood, but the economic uh, development over there. Mm. And uh, is it likely to have uh, any impact uh, on Hong Kong, do you think? Okay, let, let, let's look at this, the facts here now. Uh, Hong Kong depends around, well, Hong Kong's water supplies, around 70% of water yeah. that comes from uh, Guangdong. Yeah. Um, now, and we got to realize that we are in the same watershed or water catchment area uh, with eight cities in together. Uh, supplying over 40 million people, and so, so in other words, you know, if there is a severe uh, drought conditions uh, in this watershed in Dongzhang area, I mean, all of us will be affected. Now, we are fortunate in the fact that uh, there is an agreement between Hong Kong and Guangdong, and you know, we get around 10%, a bit more than 10% of the Dongzhang River. Uh, water every year now uh, so well if that can be maintained I mean Hong Kong you, you may say that Hong Kong is pretty secure in water supply now but the truth is that you know if Guangdong if Guangzhou and, and Shenzhen suffer severe water shortage then um, you know whether uh, the Guangdong authorities can really stick to that agreement uh, there is one question um, the other question is that even if they can stick to that agreement, supplying water to Hong Kong, but allowing uh, the local population to suffer, is that really a moral situation, you know, uh, for us? So, so these are the conditions we got to consider. So, according to the numbers, Mr. Lai, Hong Kong people use on average 21 percent more water per head than the global average. Uh, why is that? Do you think? Well, I think part of that is that we have a big leakage. You know, uh, according to previous statistics, uh, at least a few years ago, you know, about 30% of our water actually leak through the system. It's not really supplied to us as households or, or companies, but actually they leak through the systems. So we have quite a leaky system, put it this way. Um, so, so we can't fix that, that's for one. And secondly, obviously, our, 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 um, the water awareness um, uh, level in the Hong Kong population generally is not very high. Um, and so we don't have a very uh, conscious uh, mind to conserve water, um, and that obviously affects our behavior. And also we don't have a, a, a good system for uh, using gray water or recycled water. So all of these combined to make us uh, uh, spending more than the average. But it's quite cheap water here, isn't it, relatively speaking? Yes, it's basically subsidized by the government. Now, whether it's a good thing or not, I mean, it's, it's a big question, because the more the government subsidized, the cheaper the water tariff is, and the less conscious people are in water conservation. Yeah. Mm. Okay, uh, well, let's uh, bring in uh, Ho Kin Chung, who's a professor at the College of Marine Ecology and the Environment at Shanghai Ocean University. Good morning to you. Yeah, good morning. So, um, certain experts have put this drought in Guangdong down to climate change. Um, how do you see the situation? Is, is, is it particularly bad compared with previous years? 
，因為就係 first of all，I must emphasize I am in Hong Kong resident， 所以我都 I'm now working in Shanghai。但係，要 during the past day，I have also opportunity to talk to my friends in 廣東，就係 now I'm living in China， that's more convenient。And as far as you know that then you the water restoration is you around 20 percent less than the normal you as compared to the past， and it is the lowest record in the history。From 1962 something, and so it is you know, a very challenging year for Hong Kong and the Guangdong side in what supply. And I think the major reason is you know, relatively have a very low rainfall this year. Probably good or bad is because of that of so many strong typhoon this year coming to Guangdong. Because every year typhoon is the major source bringing in rainfall to Guangdong area. So you know, it is you know, a very special year, but and as compared to last year, you know, there is so many typhoons, and so you know, last year there's another extreme year. I think the you know, major impact of climate change here, you know, actually one of them is the extremity. That is, you know, some year that would be too many, and for this year, there is two sort of that. Mm. I mean, as Albert Lai was saying, so the the Dongjiang supplies、uh, fresh water to more than forty million people.、Um, what what is it likely to mean for water supplies、uh, for for the province? I mean,、um, are you expecting water rationing as we go forward? Yeah, yeah. Actually, you know, the Guangdong Authority is strongly aware of them, and so you know, for the issue, they have already.、Uh, Uh, implemented、uh, a lot of、um, uh, control and management measures, including water distribution you know, for certain hours and certain areas in Guangdong Province. And they also you know, have very strong restriction to some industry. They you know, used to be very you know, high consumption of water, and so you know, and also you know, some of the management.、Uh, Including you know, watching the ground in the street, and also you know, they have also very strong education program to farm、uh, related to the、uh, irrigation process. What, what about things like golf courses that gobble up water? And、uh, I think for Hong Kong, we are lucky because we have that agreement with Guangdong Science. You know, that is agreement, and so always that Hong Kong would have the priority in water supply. But in Guangdong, but、uh, you know, fortunately, you know, during the past year, they have a lot of、uh, infrastructure development, including connecting very、uh, small reservoirs to the main water supply system. And so this year, they have already you know, instructed some authority to connect you know, four at least you know, small reservoirs, so as you know, that water supplies and water res-、uh, water reserve in the main. Water system was still sufficient enough for the coming month, but it is a very challenging job for them. Of course, you should do some more management and some education people.、Hmm. Okay, uh, uh, Lawrence Yu from Civic Exchange. Good morning. Thanks for joining us.、Uh, also,、um, so this agreement that Hong Kong has with the Guangdong authorities a、uh, uh, little bit of a complicated formula, depending partly on the amount of water used, under something called the the package deal deductible sum.、Um, do you think it's uh, working uh, efficiently? Um, so far, I think for this situation, I can say is uh, um, quite. Um, 
well for Hong Kong under the drought situation because um, under the agreement, um, any withdrawal, um, this, any withdrawal ceiling is around eight hundred and twenty million liter cube ceiling, yeah. and then Hong Kong typically use about six hundred and forty million liter cube on the on a ten years average. And then also because we have this package lump sum deal, and then that means that um, that over the um, GBA um, regulatory uh, authority um, have confidence to invest um, more money on like um, to make sure the water supply stable for Hong Kong. For example, our uh, um, for Hong Kong, um, the Dongzhong we. The collect point of the Dongzhang River is in um, Huayun. It's much far away um, from Hong Kong and Guangzhou. Actually, it's more northern part of um, the Guangdong province. So that this can help us to secure our water resources. And then second part is our water um, collection point is far away from um, the coastline that protects us from um, the salt water. Because according to a really recent research, so that um, in the future um, the sea level rise um, will rise around one meter, and then the length of the shock tide in, in Russian at the four eastern gate of the Pearl River uh, will increase approximately like twenty one point three seven kilometer as mass. So that that will also help us to secure our water supply in terms of um, the climate change in the future. Mm. Um, yeah. So, <clears throat> uh, Albert Lai was talking just now about the need to improve our water care infrastructure, the piping, and so on. Um, what sort of state are we in? Do you think, in terms of uh, you know uh, losing water through leaks and that kind of thing? Like Albert mentioned, we have like 30% of water produced by WSC yeah. is unmetered and leakage food out of the system. And then 23, 23% is lost in the public and private main. This is our major source. Um, actually, WSC um, make a quite good target to complete the installation of the main meter in about 550 numbers of large large housing development by end of 2023. And then that will cover about 70% of consumer in Hong Kong. Kong. And then in the recent WSD consultation last year, the proposed level of water loss to initial action to be taken by WSD is will around 15%. Seaway change consider it is too high to encourage conservation. Based on the WSD current data, a lower target of 5 to 7% would be more appropriate for private main and progressive target adjustments to be included in the upcoming um, into the um, water supply regulation. Okay, uh, we've just been uh, sent a picture on our 
um, email by listener uh, Alonso. It's a picture of uh, Titan Reservoir. He says, uh, here's a photo of Titan Reservoir yesterday morning. Looks full, assuming other local reservoirs are equally full. Will this protect Hong Kong against any cut in water supply from Guangdong? Well, um, Alonso, I don't think we're expecting any cut in water supply from Guangdong, certainly not at the moment. Uh, but uh, I was going to ask our guests about our local supplies, because uh, I understand that the, the total storage capacity of Hong Kong's reservoirs is 586 million cubic metres. Um, do we need to expand? Our, should, we, should we be thinking about expanding our own uh, reservoir supplies in Hong Kong? Um, Albert, uh, Albert Lai? Uh, yeah. Uh, I think it's more than the reservoirs. Yeah, like, I, I do agree that um, if the... Um uh, if Guangdong can maintain its agreements, uh, then obviously we are secure in the sense. Now, but I think there's a false security because um, uh, agreement is only a piece of paper. It's a political commitment, really. Uh, but then uh, if the situation worsens over the future decades because of climate change, because of extreme weather patterns, then, you know, that agreement... Uh, one day that agreement would not be able to, to, to make us secure. So yes, um, uh, but, but in terms of increasing uh, the diversity of water supply, uh, I think in terms of vessel first uh, space, I mean, we are pretty much to the very limits. So, but what we can consider is actually increase uh, other sources like desalination. Now, the government has uh, embarked on one desalination plan in Zhengguanou. In it's, it's meant to be ready in a couple of years' time. Yeah. Uh, but I think uh, uh, we can certainly do more because um, desalination technology has improved a lot. I mean, so that's why the cost has come down, like reverse osmosis and even with membrane filtration and so on. Now, but, but I think desalination, one key point is this. Desalination is a very energy-intensive process. So finding green energy is key. Now, how do we find green energy? In fact, we have a lot, you know, uh, around here. Um, uh, we have a lot of also wind farm potential uh, that can be harnessed. So when we look at uh, the water uh, conditions, water situation, we got to look at also the energy situation uh, in a holistic manner. So if we can uh, install more also wind farms, uh, come up with renewable energy, then we can install more desalination plants. Because the desalination process, then, you have to you have to yeah. boil the water. Is that right? And then and then the and then the condensed steam is then uh, fresh water, yeah. free of the salt. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. You need, uh, no, no, this is. Sorry, can we just? Um, yes, can we... And I think uh, you know, according to my past experience, you know, looking as the chairman of the uh, quality of water supplies yeah. in Hong Kong, and uh, as far as I look related to picture in some restaurants, that seems to be full. That actually related to one policy that you know that the water supplies department would like to secure Hong Kong with at least one month's water supply, so now they you know, more of Should be long-term solution because your ocean is so big, so we have yet 
fully utilized this as uh, water resources. Mm. But uh, on the other hand, as Elvis uh, said, there was some technology and some management uh, issues to be implemented. But for the long term sustainability, I think you know, looking at the ocean, it is a good idea. And how does the desalination process actually work? Did I get it right with my brief explanation before? Yes, actually, you know, nowadays we are implementing a very old technology called anti-osmosis. Yeah, that is very energy-consuming. But you know, nowadays you know, there are new technology being emerging, and I think especially you know, some scientists from Israel, and you know, they have already studied you know, by means of some physical process that can, you know, mix, making the satellite water into fresh water with very low energy cost. And I think, you know, we, of course, you know, we should introduce more innovative technology. And you're looking at the energy source from the ocean and from the renewable means, I think that's also reasonable mm-hmm. in order you know, to make it sound. But, you know, the problem is, you know, we have another factor in Hong Kong is land space and you know, those you know, uh, desalination plants you know, should be built you know, around the seashore so, you know, and only new plants you know, should be implemented. I think you know, especially for the land new town for example that the government is unrealistic to take it in the coming year I think you know, that should make it innovative you know, to install more water renewable energy and uh, water how does Singapore handle this? Because they've been doing desalination for decades, haven't they? And um, yes, and uh, actually, uh, nowadays the, the desalination plant uh, is uh, being built near Zhangfei, near Zhangguanhu, and I think you know, uh, in the long term that what desalination water. Although you know, it is you know, uh, a new hope, but I think you know, because of some administrative reasons that maximum, you know, we can only supply around 15% of the overall supplies in Hong Kong. So for Hong Kong people, total water management, that idea and education should be you know, implemented as early as possible. Right. Mr. Lai, the Singapore question, how have they handled it? Because they've been doing desalination for a long time. Yeah, you're right. You're right. Singapore has done has been doing it very well um, because previously they rely on the bulk of their supply well rely on Malaysia. Yeah. So it, it's a, the situation is a bit like Hong Kong. It's similar, right? isn't it? Now, yeah. But now, now they're getting more and more, um, you know, self-sufficient to the extent that they can even export water back to Malaysia. The, the, well, how they do it now? Okay, um, using seawater uh, with the sanitation plant is one one. Uh, method, but the other they have two other two other very important strategies that we should consider. One is that they have uh, uh, make very good uh, good use of grey water, so they they basically they turn the whole city into. Can, can, water can you just explain what grey, Mr. Lai, what grey water is, please? Oh, oh, okay. Well, that's basically uh, recycled water. Right. You recycle water either from rainwater or even from sewage. Um, and that, um, so, so for example, they, they, they actually turn a sewage treatment plant. Um, well, they first of all, they treat the sewage in the sewage treatment plant and they put it into a water, put it into the reservoir. And then from the reservoir, they extract that into another 
uh, uh, filtration plant, water filtration plant, and then can become potable water. And they call this new water. Uh, so, so, so in other words, it's a full cycle uh, of water they use. Uh, but on top of that, they, as I just mentioned, that they have a good water catchment area. They turn the whole urban area into water catchment. Um, so, so if you go to Marina Bay these days, I mean, they basically t- they turn the entire, well, almost the entire bay into water catchment. So, so all the rainwaters in the city, you know, got, you know, got into water catchment and then recycle and, and, and use up. So, so that, the, so this sort of total water resource management is something that Hong Kong should really seriously consider. Uh, although our topography is different and so on, but in terms of use of grey water, recycled water, um, our record is, has been pretty poor in the past. So do you think there's any sense of urgency around that the, the government would actually do this? Well, I think experts have been always talking about sense of urgency. Okay. Okay. water, in simple terms, it is zero ways to start, and I think, you know, as Albert said, you know, it is poorly implemented in Hong Kong during the past. And I think, you know, the climate change, you, know, you have to do something, you know, in, uh, in addition to building a lot of them, you preventing the floods going in. And I think, you know, we should also doing something, you know, reducing our waste. And okay. In fact, there's a lot of new technologies available in the market. But, you know, the matter is whether the government, you know, they have that heart in well, we'll talk more about this uh, after the break. We've got to take a short break for the news summary at nine o'clock. Um, you can get in touch. Uh, Backchat on RTHK Radio 3 is our Facebook page. Email us at backchat at rthk.hk or give us a call on 233 um, Thanks very much to uh, Albert Lai, CEO of Carbon Care Asia and founding chairman of the Professional Commons. Uh, our other two guests, uh, please uh, stick with us. Um, quick look at the weather. Mainly fine. Top temperature today about 21 degrees. Uh, the outlook uh, cool in the mornings and dry during the day in the next few days. It's currently 18 degrees, humidity 67%. Improve electoral system. Ensure patriots administering Hong Kong. Remember to cast your vote in the Legislative Council general election on December 19th. Put his own ID card in the dead man's pocket. You're listening to the news on RTHK. Welcome back to Back Chat with uh, Anna Fenton and me, Jim Gould. Uh, this morning we're talking about uh, Hong Kong's uh, water supplies. Uh, this following a warning from the authorities in uh, Guangzhou and Shenzhen last week that uh, uh, water shortages uh, there in Guangdong uh, could be on the way because of the low level of the East River um, uh, owing to uh, the, one of the most severe droughts for a long, long time. Um, a few emails here from our listeners. Uh, David writes, the government has known about this water crisis for years and they should have been building infrastructure projects like desalination plants uh, in Hong Kong, which would have uh, brought a lot of work and skills to Hong Kong, but instead they still want to buy the water from mainland China and uh, concentrate on building more houses in the uh, Lantau development. Uh, John on our Facebook says... Uh, uh, impractical thinking, uh, climate change has already impacted power generation from wind. Europe has already suffered a 10% wind drought, uh, lowering electricity output, and climate change will continue to impact renewable generation. 
And John also says uh, WSD, that's the Water Supplies Department, waste far more water with old and leaky pipes than consumers. We do, in fact, have a statement that was emailed to us uh, by the Water Supplies Department when we uh, contacted them to uh, ask them to come onto the programme. But anyway, uh, they've sent us uh, an email. Thanks very much to that. I'll just read it out before we renew our conversation with our guests. Uh, it says, uh, according to the current agreement on uh, Dongjiang water supply between Hong Kong and Guangdong authorities, the annual supply ceiling is 820 MCM, and this guarantees Hong Kong a stable and flexible supply of Dongjiang water to meet the city's actual needs. Even under extreme drought conditions with a return period period of once in 100 years, uh, water supply in Hong Kong will not be affected. Meanwhile, the Water Supplies Department will continue to closely monitor and manage the water demand and supply and take timely measures to ensure reliable water supply in the territory, having taken into account all relevant factors, including the impact of climate change. With respect to the water quality under the agreement, uh, Guangdong will maintain the quality of the Dongjiang water supply to Hong Kong in compliance with uh, Type 2 waters in the Environmental Quality Standards for Surface Water, which is the national standard for surface water applicable to the abstraction for human consumption. According to our routine water quality monitoring results, the quality of Dongjiang water supplied to Hong Kong has been in compliance with the standard. Thank you very much. Uh, that was from the Water Supplies Department. They sound very confident, don't they? Uh, well, yeah, and uh, and on on that question of water quality, I know that a number of measures that have been taken to uh, uh, ensure it and in, improve it. Indeed, um, just uh, uh, earlier in the first half of the program, uh, Lawrence Yu from uh, Civic Exchange uh, mentioned that the the in-point system from the river had been moved a, a lot uh, further up. Um, so, um, ca can we? still be happy with the quality of uh, water that we're getting from the Dongjiang River, Lawrence Yu? Um, so I think it's... Um, um, currently, it, they all still offer us a really good um, quality water supply to Hong Kong. And then, mm -hmm. I, and then once the water by Hong Kong will um, um, channel to um, the Pofen Cove um, Reservoir, which is a huge place for the um, further improve the water quality, include allow the water to settle and then um, and then to remove some um, suspension particle in the water before um, channel the water into our water supply system. Mm. So that I think the quality and then the government definitely has a certain um, technology, um, certain procedure to help It seems looking around town, and I've, had, <clears throat> I've just had a note about this from a listener too, that the problem we have is the cleaners who seem to liberally be watering promenades, walkways, viewing platforms. Um, they don't water the plants so much, but they water the concrete. Uh, what are the guidelines that government gives its various water disposing departments? Lawrence? Um, sorry, can you... What guidelines does government give to LCSD and uh, FHD and all these people who employ cleaners and people who go around with large power hoses? So I think um, for the 
think for the LCSD and they um, use the what? Uh, I think the problem is um, whether we should use our precious fresh water to do um, those irrigation because the, all the work that can really do um, do by um, the the water or the reclaimed water. So that I think the government definitely should set them to think more way forward um, to use and adopt on the reclaimed water technology that will make the product that is necessary to like the WSD work more closely with the DSD and then plan in the long term and then to build more reclaimed water plants in Hong Kong and then to for the future if the irrigation and the other leisures use uh, water maybe can source from the reused reclaimed rotten water that our water from Dongzhang or water from the reservoir. Right. So which government department needs to talk to which government department? So it should be the WSD and drainage service department. Need to talk to who? EPD um, or LCSD or FHD or, you know, there's so no, many I mean, involved in this. So I think we I should talk to the more senior level, like the chief executive and, and chief secretary of the government, because she's the, the person who's coordinating all your know, measures you know, within the government. But, you know, of a lower level, I think it should be the bureau level and that the works level nowadays that the water supplies department and filming services department that belong to them. And of course, the environment protection department that related to climate change and you know, conducting you know, the uh, low water, uh, we so-called uh, low water clean you know, for people. I think it is the work for UPT to do more education job and uh, controlling you know, the local water quality. Just to remind our listeners, uh, we have with us uh, Professor Ho Kin Chung, who you heard just then, who, who's with the College of Marine Ecology and the Environment at, at Shanghai Ocean University, and also uh, Lawrence Yu, who's the uh, Climate Change and Partnerships Lead at Civic Exchange. Um, Professor Ho, um, talking about climate change, I mean, we're in the dry season at the moment. It hasn't rained since, I think, those two late-year typhoons we had uh, in October. Um, but uh, taking last year, well, taking this year as a whole, um, a lot less rain has fallen um, in the region. Um, can we expect more droughts going forward because of climate change? And what measures should we take to uh, defend ourselves against that? I think uh, actually, you know, we should not uh, avoid saying that, you know, that climate change is impacting on us. I think it is the fat slow, you know, we mm. should not avoid. And I think uh, in the long term, what we should do is so-called resilient work that is you know, to do some preventive measures and infrastructure development to you know, reduce at least you know, the harm from uh, global climate change. And you know, in this sense, I, I think you know, we should rely on more technology. You know, for, so as Albert said, you know, the, the, uh, the technology in desalination and we should have more innovative ideas to be introduced to Hong Kong. But on the other hand, we should also rely on the so-called you know, uh, big data management and you know, the uh, connection. Because so far, for example, uh, smart meter you know, in Hong Kong have yet been implemented uh, in Hong Kong and I think you know, for the introduction of the smart 
And uh, on the other hand, uh, infrastructure development is also important in terms of resiliation. That means you know, we have already a lot of reservoirs you know, in the area, but the problem is you know, when typhoon come, that the reservoir could not go. You know, it, that means they could not go to the area that have been rainfall because that is you know, that should be there. And so the problem is you know, uh, whether we can connect different reservoirs together you know, by certain kind of infrastructure and IT system. And so, you know, water can be, you know, uh, distributed well and scientifically in the long term. And that would help us, you know, for more facility and more convenience in uh, distributing the water. Whenever there is a drought in one area, because of water balance, that would be, you know, uh, too much in the other. And so, in terms of this, you know, uh, connecting of different reservoirs so that you know, the water in different regions you know, can be controlled and you know, managed in a better way, I think, is a long-term solution. So that would involve a lot more infrastructure, uh, piping, uh, canals, that sort of thing, to move water around? Yes, uh, that already, uh, Gondor of Audia has aware of it. And so you know, they, they are connecting the so-called the West River with the East River, you know, by means of a very big infrastructure project under each the Pearl River estuary. And so, you know, I think the work is largely commanded, and I, so far as I know, that would be fully commissioned in one to two years' time. And in that, you know, because nowadays, uh, most people living around the uh, watershed of East River, but, you know, relatively less amount of people, you know, working and uh, living in the, in the rest of uh, uh, in the uh, watershed here. The West River. So, where the West River has more water reserves than the East River at the moment, and so that infrastructure connection, you know, now being commanded, I think it is crucial at least for the coming decades for Gongdong, you know, in managing the water distribution. Because uh, central and southern parts uh, of China uh, experience uh, uh, flooding in some seasons, um, uh, but do you think as a result of chi- climate change that, uh, that southern China, Guangdong, Hong Kong uh, may be uh, more vulnerable to drought in the future? Yes, actually we should have that concept. We are in the same boat, you know, although Hong Kong is independent at the moment you know, because of our outside the special administrative region. But the problem is you know, we should have a more macroscopic view that are living in the Greater Bay Area. And so you know, what the surprise in the Greater Bay Area is the, our common concern, I think, you know, in that you know, we should you know, extend our side on the Hong Kong. As Albert said, if Hong Kong is able to develop a good uh, desalination technology, we, you know, on the other hand, we are even able you know, to sell our water back to mainland China. I think you know, it is you know, a long-term solution. And, and the matter is whether we are able to extend our view you know, to make us you know, viewing as we are on the same boat. 
Okay, well, thank you very much uh, for speaking to us uh, on the, the programme this morning. Uh, that was uh, Ho Kin Chung, who's a professor at the College of Marine Ecology and the Environment at Shanghai Ocean University. Thank you also very much to Lawrence Yu, uh, Climate Change and Partnerships Lead at Civic Exchange. And before nine o'clock, we heard from Albert Lai, the CEO of Carbon Care Asia and founding chairman of the Professional Commons. I do have a few more e emails on this topic, but I think I'll save them until the end of the programme because we're now uh, joined uh, on the line um, by another guest, uh, uh, Tony Wong, Deputy Government Chief Information Officer. And uh, Mr Wong uh, joins us to talk about the new uh, Hong Kong health code system, uh, which was uh, launched uh, on Friday morning. Um, Tony Wong, good morning to you. Good uh, morning, Jim. Morning, Anna. Thank you very much for joining us. Uh, so, 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 how's it going so far? Oh, um, uh, in fact, the Hong Kong Health Cook System started to um, receive account registration at uh, 9 a.m. last Friday, and the process and the system operation has been smooth all along. Uh, as at um, 8 a.m. this morning, there are already over 386,000 citizens registered for their Health Cook account, mm, and. Within that, over 115,000 has also completed the activation process. Uh, in fact, the government opens the Hong Kong health care systems in advance for registrations, mainly to allow uh, members of the public to familiarize themselves with its functions earlier, uh, which include uh, account registration, uh, the process of uploading their visit record through the Live Home Safe mobile apps, and to apply for the Hong Kong Health Code with a view to familiarize a smoother operation when quarantine-free travel with the mainland and Macau officially resumes. Uh, the sequence of the registration of the health code account has nothing to do with the quotas for boundary crossing, and so there's uh, no hurry uh, for citizens to apply for it. Uh, just take your time, and uh, if you find convenience, you can make your application through our 24 hours online systems. Would you just like to explain to the listeners uh, how the health code works with the different uh, uh, the different colour codes? Um, and, and this, of course, is uh, aligns with the the mainland, uh, the the Yukon code that they've got uh, in Guangdong Province, right? Oh yes, uh, yes, of course. Uh, in fact, um, the purpose of uh, having a Hong Kong health code system is primarily because we need to help um, our citizens to to examine or analyse their health situation or exposure risk uh, in Hong Kong in order to assure, ensure the, the Guangdong province that people crossing the boundary without having to, the, their quarantines will not increase the, the virus spreading risk of the, of the province. So uh, the Hong Kong health code system uh, mainly have uh, two functions. First is uh, to create a health code with different colors, as you mentioned, uh, mainly uh, based on uh, analyzing the the risk of exposure to to the to the virus uh, through whether you are you are recently in contact with a confirmed cases or you are the a a family member of a close contact or whether you have been uh, a a confirmed cases uh, but uh, recovered but having um, uh, not yet complete the 14 days uh, pre uh, post um, post uh, uh, re recovery um, period. Uh, these will 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 becomes a, a a risk of that individuals. So uh, the the health code will, will not be uh, green. Another another situation is when you are 
when when you have been uh, visited some high risk area like those area announced by the um, Center of Health Protection, which is an uh, area that uh, or location that I confirmed the cases have been visited before, or if you are lived if you lived within the same um, buildings of a confirmed cases, these also increase your risk of exposure to the virus. So all these are, are being analyzed, and then a, a, a different color will be provided to the applicants to present their health situation. If you are not uh, exposed to to the, all these uh, risks I mentioned before, then you will get a green coat. And if you get the green coat, you will be uh, entitled to do the conversion to transfer your health situation or health status, like your vaccination status, uh, your COVID testing result, um, through a co-conversion process to convert the, this information to apply for your Yihong code uh, or the Guangdong health code. Um, and this is a, an agreed arrangement with the Guangdong health authorities for these peoples to to be able to convert to a green Guangdong health code and then to enable them to be quarantined free to travel to Guangdong. But of course, there are other, other situations you need to fulfill. For example, when, um, when the schemes resumed uh, officially, probably initially there will be quota to limit the, the, people, the number of people uh, that, uh, that cross the boundary because uh, the, the control point currently is still a limited operation. So uh, we, will, we may need to set some quotas uh, 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 with our agreement with the Guangdong province. So you also need, uh, first of all, you need to get a green coat, and then you also need to have your have to apply for a quota in order to successfully convert the coat to the Guangdong health coat in order to have a quarantine-free travel to Guangdong. So that means that, um, obviously, it's used in conjunction with the Leave Home Safe app, so mm-hmm. you better make sure you, wherever you go, you, you use the Leave Home Safe app so it, uh, so it records all of your movements. Uh, yes, uh, because uh, in fact, uh, as compared to as different from from the mainland, um, the local uh, anti-pandemic uh, measures mainly relied on the Leave Home Safe mobile app, which is a personalized uh, tools for you to record your your uh, visit records uh, or your whereabouts uh, during date. So uh, you uh, will encourage people, uh, citizens, to use it frequently, and then. Um, when you need to apply for the quarantine-free uh, travel to Guangdong, uh, first of all, you need you need to upload your the latest uh, Leave Home Safe records to the Hong Kong Health Code account, and then to the, the system will do the risk analysis uh, uh, for you based on your visit records and based on your residential address, and also based on your identities whether you are you're being recorded exposed to. Uh, some um, high-risk person, like uh, confirmed cases, or a, a family member of a close contact, or all these will be done by the systems, and then uh, you would, the system will provide you with with the colours of your code. Uh, and so, w- what would happen if there was some gap in the records of uh, places you visited? Um, so, because uh, the uh, the Hong Kong health systems is not a sort of a, a, a tracing system or a real-time system is it it only provides you with the snapshot during your application so uh, um, when you apply for this code uh, the code will only be waited for one day and then this uh, after you apply this uh, 
health code. If you get a green code, then you can convert to a, a entry permit of the Hong, uh, Guangdong health code, which is also valid for only one day. So in order to, to reduce the, the, the gap between your records, the, 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 the timing of your records, and then uh, the timing of generating your health code. So it's, it's, it's not a real-time system. So uh, the, the code will only be valid for one day. Uh, listener Marcus uh, here with a, a, a very short email message says, uh, uh, as there are no COVID cases in Hong Kong, surely everyone will have a, a green code. That's, mm. uh, I, don't, I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, but uh, in fact, uh, of course, uh, probably most of the most of the citizens will have a green code. But of course, uh, we can um, we can uh, avoid uh, or we can um, uh, have an assumption that there will be no. Uh, other new cases uh, in Hong Kong. So uh, this is an ongoing process that uh, we can ensure uh, when people want to cross the boundaries to mainland, we don't increase the, the virus spreading, the, 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 the risk to, to our neighborhood. And in order to ensure that this uh, quarantine-free scheme will become a sustainable one, so that's why this is a, a, a precaution measure that we need to do. And of course, there, there, there is, every now and then, there, there will be cases that there is a, uh, imported cases who, who go into the, the communities and then, and then uh, the, the CHP will need to do some um, uh, compulsory uh, checking or testing for a single buildings, what, we, what they call the, the compulsory testing notice. And these compulsory testing notice, if you unfortunately, if you are stationed in this building, you will you will not get the green code as well. You will become uh, your your code will become yellow or amber. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So all these situations we need to we need we we need to cater for during the the, the analysis and and code, uh, generation process in order to ensure whoever want to apply for a green code to travel to Guangdong uh, will be sort of. Uh, uh, like a clean person uh, without uh, with a very low exposure very low exposure risk right right anna anna i'm just thinking about it does it change anything for our day-to-day lives we just keep using the leave home safe app and carry on uh well uh, uh, because that uh, it won't change anything because uh this uh healthcare systems uh mainly established to help uh, people who want to um apply for crossing the boundary uh, without the need to do the 14-day or 21-day quarantine. And then they, 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 they can apply for an account. And then if they want to uh, apply for uh, crossing the boundary, they then they need to upload their leave home safe record. Otherwise, if people are not, have no plans to for boundary crossing or visiting the mainland, uh, this, is, uh, they, 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 this is their own discretion whether they, can, they, they want to apply for a, an account or not. And also, uh, uploading the leave home safe record is, is also a, a personal choice. Uh, if you want, to, if you choose to uh, want to uh, visit the Guangdong, we need to follow their anti-pandemic measures, and then you need to uh, upload your leave home safe record. Otherwise, you you just keep your record in your own mobile phones. Nothing nothing change. Okay, well, thank you very much for You're coming welcome. on to uh, explain that. Uh, that was uh, Tony Wong, the Deputy Government Chief Information Officer. And uh, just before we come to the uh, end of this morning's programme, uh, uh, as I say, I had a, f- a few more emails uh, which came in a little bit late on our main topic, uh, which was uh, about Hong Kong's water supplies. Um, so uh, Jeffrey writes, uh, one thing that doesn't seem to be mentioned is the fact that we use uh, seawater for flushing and flushing users 
uses more water than uh, any of the uh, other drinking or cleaning. So I would say Hong Kong uses a lot less water than uh, the other cities that are within the catchment area. And do we get any credit for this? And also, should we recommend that uh, China starts to use seawater as a flushing control to reduce the amount of uh, drinking water or or uh yeah, OK. And Bill says that plantings in Hong Kong are normally in or near concrete. Therefore, these become wet when plants are watered. I think that's in response to what you were talking about, Anna, about the use of uh, hose pipes and things like that by various uh, workers mm, in various governments. I think there's a lot of concrete washing going yeah. on too. Yeah. And um, Bowen says, uh, Dear Backchat, uh, Hong Kong has hugely lagged behind Singapore in developing alternative water sources, while the latter has five desalination plants, with the first one starting to operate back in 2005. Hong Kong's first desalination uh, plant in Chiang kuan will start operating only in 2023. Singapore also has uh, newer plants to treat uh, used water into high-purity water, which now meets 40% of the city's water needs. Other than the scarcity of water, Singapore is also ahead of Hong Kong in another area impacted by climate change, coastal resilience. The Singapore government is devising uh, what's uh, the equivalent of some uh, $572 a billion Hong Kong dollar plan to safeguard the country against sea levels in its 2020 budget alone. The equivalent of some 28 billion Hong Kong dollars was injected into a special fund to finance coastal protection measures and enhance the city's coastal re resilience. In comparison, there is no mention in our policy address 2021 of how much will be spent on enhancing our coastal resilience. There seems to be no sense of urgency and also too many excuses. That from Bowen. Thank you very much. Um, thank you to all of our listeners, um, all of uh, our listeners who wrote in as well. And thanks very much to you, Anna. You're welcome. And thank you very much to our producer, Yuki Jung. Um, uh, right, a quick look at the weather. It's going to be mainly fine today. Um, top temperature will be around 21 degrees, moderate to, to fresh uh, north to northeasterly winds, occasionally strong offshore. The outlook uh, mainly fine tomorrow, cool in the morning and dry during the day. Uh, temperatures will rise slightly midweek this week. It's currently 18 degrees. The humidity is at 66%. Improve electoral system. Ensure patriots administering Hong Kong. Remember to cast your vote in the Legislative Council general election on December 19th. In Hong Kong, we are all working hard for a better tomorrow, and your vote can help make a better future. The Legislative Council general election will be held on December 19th. There are six days to go. Polling hours are from 8.30 a.m. to 10.30 p.m. For inquiries, please call 28911001 or visit elections.gov.hk. Improve electoral system. Ensure patriots administering Hong Kong. The new summary with Todd Harding. The British Prime Minister Boris Johnson has warned that the number of COVID patients with the Omicron variant is doubling in the UK every two or three days. Earlier, Britain's medical advisers raised the COVID alert level from three to four, the second highest rank. 
The governor of Kentucky says at least 80 people are now known to have been killed by tornadoes that ripped through the US state on Friday night. Andy Bashir said he expected that number to rise as rescuers continue to search for survivors. About 14 people are reported to have been killed in five other states hit by the storms. And locally, three jockeys are in hospital and two horses have had to be euthanized following a serious accident during the international races at Sha Tin. Four horses were caught in the pileup during the Hong Kong sprint. Riders Lyle Hewitson and Zach Purton were in intensive care overnight, while Japanese competitor Yuichi Fukunaga was also in hospital. I'll have more news at 10 o'clock. Thanks, Todd. Yeah. And a very good morning to James Ross in Fulfill for one day only. Some great music and chat between now and one o'clock. and hazy shade of winter well good morning uh, yes james ross in for phil for one day only we kick off after 10 with our chat with head honcho of the hong kong rugby union robbie